Praise God. So the Lord spoke to me um, at the very beginning of this year, and He told me that this year would be a year that I taught more about prayer and intercession and the types of prayer, and specifically the secret place, because that's your lifeline with God, is your prayer life. You know, no person is greater than their prayer life. Your prayer life, you know, that, that's your relationship with God. And, you know, the Bible tells us, instructs us to pray without ceasing. And so I'm going to get to talking about that, what it means to pray without ceasing and how we can pray without ceasing. Because the praying church is a powerful church. Power comes through prayer and an and intimate relationship with God. And the more we focus on being in relationship with God and being aware of His presence at all times and learning how to always be aware of His presence in us, the presence of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, because we're born again, we've received Jesus. And when we pray, we invite the kingdom of heaven to enter into the earth. That's literally what happens when we pray. And, you know, back in Genesis 1.26, the Word of God says that, uh, God says, let us give them dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sky, over the birds of the air, and over everything, right? So in the very beginning, He said, let us, which is referenced Father, Son, Holy Ghost, triune God, right? The Godhead. Let us give them dominion over the earth. So He gave humanity, mankind, dominion over all the earth, over everything, over all the earth. He gave us charge over the earth. He put us in charge of everything here. Amen? Amen. We're His highest creation. Amen. We're His highest creation. We're made in the very image and likeness of God. We're His highest creation. And, and so, God gives us dominion over the earth to exercise dominion over the earth. What does dominion mean anyway? The word dominion means to rule over something. So, it's rulership. So, when God gives us dominion, he, he, He's called us to rule over things in certain territories and places. And we could go further in detail to that. Because God gives us specific areas or um, you have to know your, your assignment, the, the territory or the area that you're assigned to. You have to know um, where God has given you dominion over a certain place or territory, a certain area. Your ethnos. Um, what has God given you dominion over? And so, in, in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches His disciples about prayer. Now, one of the three main things that Jesus teaches about here in the Sermon on the Mount, which is like 
the constitution of the kingdom of God is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches, these are, this is the very first things that he taught his disciples were in the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes were the very first thing that he, things that he taught his disciples and then going on. And so three of the main things that he was teaching about was uh, prayer, fasting, and giving. Now, in the teaching about prayer, in Matthew 6, starting in 6, verse 5, it says, And when you would pray, when you would pray. So he, he implies that you need to pray. So, and when you would pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Okay, what's a hypocrite? A hypocrite, the word hypocrite means actor. That's what it means. So it's somebody that's an actor. Would it? An actor is somebody who plays a part. That's really not them. Mm -hmm. So a hypocrite is an actor that's doing something, that's behaving or acting like something that is not coming out of their real character. It's not really who they are. Okay, he said, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray in the synagogues and standing on the street corners so that they would be revealed to people. They like to be seen by people. They like to be out in the open praying and, you know, they have their motives for being in front of folks doing their religious acts or whatever. So then he says, truly I say to you, they are receiving their reward. But when you would pray... You must go into your secret room. Your secret room. So God, there's a secret place for you to meet with God. And that's what, that's what I'm, I'm probably going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks, is a place that's called secret. It's a place called secret. That's what God calls it. He says it's a secret place that I've called you to meet with me in. That's the place of power. That's the place where you meet with God. That's the place where the presence of God manifests when you worship Him. That's the place where transformation takes place. That's the place where you have fellowship with God, where you have communion with God. That's the place where you receive revelation from God. That's the place where God speaks to you. That's the place where God gives you instruction. That's the place where God delivers you from yourself. That's the place where you die to self. And nobody wants to preach about dying to self anymore, but I like to preach about it. Because that's what Jesus taught. He said, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So we have to die to self so that the Holy Spirit can live through us. You don't hear TV preachers preach about that anymore, do you? No, you don't. I know. It's okay. God's going to bring it back. Amen? So he says, you must go into your secret room and after you lock your door, pray to your Father. So he says, go into your secret room and lock the door behind you. Now, Really, when I read that, to me, what that speaks to me is that that's a very intimate place between just you and God. Amen. 
Nobody else is allowed into that place where you meet with just you and God. You know, that's the place of just where you and Him meet to have fellowship with one another, to have communion with one another. Okay? And so, go into this secret room and after you lock your door, pray to your Father, to the one in secret. He said, pray to your Father, the one who is in secret. So the scripture says that the Father is in secret. He's, a, he's in a secret place. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 25, verse 2. Proverbs 25, verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but is the, it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. It is the glory of God to conceal things. Do you believe that God, do you know that God conceals things? Do you know that God has secrets? It is the glory of God to conceal things, but it is the glory of kings, that's you and I, kings and queens, to seek those things out. Amen. Now, the place where you find where the secrets are revealed to you is in the secret place. That makes sense, right? It makes sense. So the secrets of God are revealed in a place called secret, where you meet with God. Then your father, the one who sees in secret, he sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you should not babble as the heathens. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Therefore, you should not be like them. For your Father knows what you have, what you need, you have, what need you have before you ask Him. He already knows what you need before you ask Him. What was Jesus talking about there? He was addressing something that they were doing. And this is what a lot of people do today. When we come before the Lord to pray, we come with our whole list of everything that we just want to dump on God, and, that, and that's fine. And, and we're just asking for all this. We're asking for all that. And that, that's what he was saying right here. You come before God asking for all these things that you need, but he already knows what you need. Yes. Your whole prayer focus is wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what he was telling them. Your whole prayer focus is wrong because when you come before me to pray, all you're doing is babbling, saying, oh, this is what I need. This is what I need, God. This is what I need. I need this, God. I need this. I need that. Like he doesn't know. You think God doesn't know what you need? He knows what you need. And this is the thing, that when we come into the secret place, when we worship God, when we, when we enter into the presence of God and God begins to reveal Himself and we become one with Him, we no longer worry about our needs. Because when God reveals Himself, He reveals Him, when He begins to unfold and reveal Himself to you, you're not focused on your needs. When the presence of God shows up, 
That's all you need. And he's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God who provides all of your needs. Amen. And so your needs, you know, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. God even, you know, provides for the folks that don't know him, that don't love him, even for those that hate him. The rain that falls on the ground, the food they get you know that's how merciful God is Amen. you know and, and, and so how much more does he provide for his people that love him and serve him you know how much more does he does he provide our needs that we have and so our prayer focus has to shift from being focused on our needs to where all we come before God is with our list of our needs, our petitions, and that's all. That, that's what our prayer life consists of. About 10 minutes of dumping this on God. I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Jesus said, don't do that. Don't babble on as the heathens do like that he says for they think they will be heard because of their many words there therefore verse 8 therefore you should not be like them for your father knows what you need what your need is before you ask him therefore you must be praying in this way Jesus said pray in this way our father who is in the heavens your name must at once be made holy. Our Father who is, in he who is in the heavens, your name be hallowed. Your, your name must at once be made holy. So the beginning, what did Jesus say? The very first thing, when you come before me, when you come in before my presence, when you come into the secret place, the very first thing is worship. Begin to worship me. Our Father who is in the heavens, you are holy. Holiness always relates to worship. Praise always relates to um, greatness. Thanksgiving, there's three different aspects. Thanksgiving always relates to goodness. You thank God because He's good. Praise always relates to greatness. You pray, we praise God because He's great. Amen. Thanksgiving, I'm going to show you why worship is set apart for God only. Thanksgiving always relates to goodness. You can thank other people and think that they're good people too. Praise, you can praise other people because they're great. You can praise such and such. Oh, he's a wonderful this and that. Michael Jordan, he's a wonderful basketball player. He's the best. We praise him because he's the best. But when it comes to worship, 
that relates to holiness. And that's what separates God from everybody else is worship. Because we only worship Him. You don't worship people. You don't worship idols. You don't worship anything else. Worship is always related to holiness because there is only one who's holy. Only one who's holy. And that's the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, our Father who is in the heavens, your name must at once be made holy. You are holy, God. You are worthy. You are holy. You are the only one. When you, when you say that, what are you saying? You're saying, God, you are the only one that is set apart. There is no one else like you. Just like what we were saying. That's why that song is so powerful. Because it declares such a powerful truth about God. There's nobody else like you, God. There's no one else like you. In the entire universe, there's no one else like you, God. You are the only one who's worthy of all honor and glory and praise. No one is like you, Jesus. You are, you are great. You're worthy. So we start in prayer in the secret place with worshiping God. We worship Him. We worship Him. So this week, when you come into your secret place with God, you don't have a secret place? Find a secret place. Find a place for you to meet with just God where there's no distractions. That's what, it, that's what God is saying. Get in a secret place where you can close the door behind you and there's no distractions. There's no TV. There's no this. There's, no, there's nothing distracting you. It's just you and Him. Just you and God. We need that time with God. That is the most precious time you can ever have with God. Is in the secret place. How I long for more of that time. I wish I could spend hours and hours and hours and hours just in that place with God. And we can. We can. It's a sacrifice. And it's up to us. You know... My goal is this year to try to spend more time with God in the secret place. More time with Him. Because you know why? That's going to affect everything else in my life. It's going to affect everything else in my life. Amen. Everything is going to flow out of that place. It's going to affect your health. You want to be healthy? Go spend time in the presence of God Amen. for a couple hours. You will come out looking like a different person. You know, I was thinking, you know, when we worship, it's like when, when King David used to play the harp for Saul. All these things that are attacking us, all the burdens that we're carrying, all the demonic spirits that are trying to attack us. But when we, when we come into the presence of God, and when we worship God, even through music, all that stuff leaves. All that stuff... It, it has to go when the presence of God shows up. Demonic spirits cannot stay in the presence of God. They cannot. They have to flee. They cannot stay in the glory of God. So like I said, my goal this year to spend more time in the secret place with God than ever before. How can I build upon that? You know, you might be saying, well, how can I do that, Pastor Miles? Start with 15 minutes. Start, then build up to 30 minutes. Amen. Build up 
in increments, build, build up in increments, build up in increments. You know, you get in that secret place and you just sit there and you think, well, what am I doing here? Don't let your mind wander, but focus. Begin to just worship out of your belly. You know, that's what I was telling Brother Tracy on the way up here. I said, a lot of people today, they think that worship, you have to have music to worship. You don't have to have music to worship. Amen. Music is an extension of worship. Music expands worship. That's the revelation that King David had. Yes. See, before, earlier even before David, they worshiped God through sacrifices and other things. But for the most part, they didn't use instruments. Now, when, when King David came, he had a revelation of worship like nobody else had ever had before, and he incorporated musical instruments. And he had it going day and night. And so God expands worship through music and through sound. But the very basic way, I mean, we worship God in everything that we do. That's what we're called to do. We worship God in everything that we do. But we pray and we release and worship God out of our spirit with our mouth. Open our mouth and begin to praise God and begin to worship Him. Amen? Begin to give Him glory. But we have to open our mouth and say, God, I worship You. I worship You. I praise You. Really, the word worship in Hebrew, literally it means to bow down before somebody. That's what the Hebrew word for worship means. So a lot of times when the glory of God shows up and the presence of God manifests in the house, all you can do, all you feel like you can do is just bow. Bow before Him. Bow down like this. That's what the word worship means literally. Or you fall prostrate on the ground before God. We worship Him. Amen? So I'm saying here, when, do you, when you pray, Jesus always expects us to pray. What is the purpose of prayer? To become one with God. The purpose of prayer is to become one with Him. To communicate with God. To have communication with God. That means speaking to God, but also listening to God. I've learned, I won't say one is more important than the other, but in my life a lot recently, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I like to hear from God more than I like to talk or say things. That's just kind of where I am. I like to hear what He has to say rather than hear always what I have to say. Amen. But, you know, God wants to hear what you have to say too. I'm not saying that. God wants to hear from us. God wants to hear our, our petitions, which is just one part of prayer. But we should want, we need to learn the art of coming and sitting before the Lord until we hear from Him. A lot of people come to me all the time. I don't know how to hear from God. I don't know what God's saying. But you're so busy and you're moving from here to there and here to there and you won't just come and be still before God. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 4610, 
Be still and know that I am God. Come and be still before God for a minute and let Him speak to you. And it can change everything in your life. We have to understand that part of prayer, that aspect of prayer, that we need to listen. We need to listen to God. Amen? Are we listening? So it's prayer. The purpose of prayer, one of the purposes is to communicate with God. Prayer is the place prayer is the place where we invite God into our lives we invite God into our lives through prayer we invite God into the activity of our lives when we pray when we pray we should expect something to happen we shouldn't just pray thinking oh this ain't this ain't gonna change anything this ain't gonna make any difference it will that's why you pray. And I'm about to show you the scripture right now. So what Jesus said in verse 10, Matthew 6 and verse 10, your kingdom must now come. Jesus said, pray like this. Your kingdom must now come. Your will must be done right now. As in heaven, also on earth. Your kingdom must come now. That's what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom must come now. So when we pray, we are inviting the kingdom of God to come and manifest and to be established in the earth. Now, when the kingdom of God is just like John the Baptist said, or Jesus said also, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He, was in, he invited the kingdom in to the earth. He said the kingdom of God is here now. The kingdom is here. Now, when the kingdom comes, the government of God comes. The kingdom of God is the government of God. When the kingdom of God comes and stamps on the scene, the government of God, divine order, has come on the scene. Now, things have to change. That's why Jesus said, Surely, if, uh, if you cast a demon out, if the finger of God is present, you know that the kingdom of God is here. You know, when... One of the greatest signs that the kingdom has come onto the scene is the casting out of demons. Because the kingdom of darkness, there's two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of darkness. Two opposing kingdoms. Now, when the kingdom of God comes on the scene, it expels the kingdom of darkness. It expels the demonic spirits. It expels all of these things. It says, I have authority here. It comes with authority. And the greatest and the highest authority is through the kingdom of God. And so when we pray, Jesus said, pray like this. Your kingdom must now come. So if you even follow the model, this is a model prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. But it's really a model. It's the, it's the model prayer. It's Jesus' model that he gave us of how we should pray. So when we pray, you come before the Lord and you say, and you declare. This is another type of prayer, is declaration. Declaration is a form of prayer. So when you come, Brother Tracy and I was talking, we're talking about that this morning driving up here. When we pray together, we worship God, we come into the presence of God, and then we begin declaring the word of the Lord. 
We declare the word of the Lord with authority. We speak forth. We decree a thing, as Job, the book of Job uh, says, we decree a thing and it shall be established. That's another form of prayer is declaration. We declare the word of God. We declare the word of the Lord. We declare the word of the king. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We declare the word of the Lord. Things change. The atmosphere changes. Miracles happen because the power of God is in your mouth, is in your words. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life are, is in your mouth. And so when you declare the word of the Lord, when you declare the kingdom of heaven is here, the kingdom of God is here now, the government of God is here. Everything changes. Because King Jesus has just come and, and stepped in. He's the king of this government. So, your kingdom must come now. Your will must be done right now as in heaven, also on earth. As it is in heaven, shall come to earth. We invite heaven to come to earth. We invite heaven to come to earth. Are you inviting, when you pray, you are inviting heaven to come to earth. You're inviting heaven to come into your life. You're inviting angelic hosts to be dispatched. When you pray, it's like in the book of Daniel, Daniel 10, when the angel came to him, he told him, Daniel, I have come because of your words. I have come because of your words, Daniel. Because of the words that we speak. Your words attract the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, or your words attract the demonic. Whatever your words are like a magnet or whatever you speak out of your mouth has creative power and ability. Whenever you speak something out of your mouth, that's why when God formed the earth, he spoke. He spoke and it was. God has given us the same creative power in our mouth, in our words. When we speak, that's why when God performs miracles many times, when, when I've seen God do miracles, perform miracles to heal somebody instantly. It's been in the presence of God. When the presence of God is there and you speak the word of God and it happens immediately or God gives you a word of knowledge which is a gift of the Spirit. Now a word of knowledge is when God reveals something to you that you wouldn't have known naturally. And so in 1 Corinthians 12 that's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost is a word of knowledge. So say God gives you a word of knowledge for such and such has a, um, they have pain in their back. God speaks that to you and you declare it and they're healed instantly. Why? The power of God is in your mouth. The power of God is in your, in your words. Because it, it carries the authority of God. When the word of God is in your mouth and you speak it, it goes with authority. It goes with power. And the word of God in itself has creative power. Because it's, it's the word of God, literally. The literal word of God spoken through you has creative power and ability. 
And that's when God does creative miracles. And so, at creation, what did God do? He spoke, let there be light. And there was light instantly. He spoke all these things into existence. Now we speak under the unction and anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. When we speak, it's like God Himself speaking. Amen. Did you hear what I said? When you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, it's the same as God Himself speaking. It is God speaking. It's God speaking through you. It, when the Holy Spirit speaks through you, the Holy Spirit is God. Amen. You can look that up in Acts the fifth chapter when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, you have lied to God. He told him, you have lied to the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then after that, he said, you have lied to God. Well, we know the Holy Ghost is, is God. He's, he's a part of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And so they're all co-equal, co-eternal. So when you speak in prayer, prayer is prophetic. This is what you have to understand. Prayer is prophetic in its nature. Hearing from God is prophetic. Okay? It's prophetic. When God speaks to us in prayer, He reveals His heart. He reveals His mind what's on his mind. It's divine communication. He reveals his heart. He re reveals his mind. So prayer is prophetic in nature because, because it is an exchange of the thoughts from God. God gives us, God speaks to us his thoughts, his heart. He speaks to us his thoughts in his heart. Okay? So no, no person is greater than their prayer life. You will never be greater than your prayer life. I will never be a greater preacher than, my, than what my prayer life is. We need to come back to like these old time folks that my brother David's talking about, the Moravians and all these people that prayed and prayed and prayed and they were powerful people because they prayed. And the results of what they do was because they prayed so much. They were people of prayer. Now, God is looking for people of prayer. He's looking for people who will stand in the gap and build up the hedge. God is looking for people of prayer, people of praying church. Now, let me tell you this. The reason why the church has lost territory, we, we've been comfortable. We've been sitting back. We've been complacent. The church has been complacent. We've been comfortable in the sitting back. And during that time, the enemy has taken territory, spiritually speaking. And so now God is saying, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness covers the people, my glory shall be upon you. And He's calling us to rise up and to walk in the dominion and authority that He's given us and to come back to the secret place with God because even as even a prophet, even if anybody's called to be a prophet, 
the, the ministry of a prophet starts, the biggest part of the ministry of a prophet is to intercede. I can show you that through all throughout Scripture. It is to intercede and to stand in the gap on behalf of the land and on behalf of people who live there. And so prophets, the first part of the, prophet, of the prophet's ministry is to pray and, and to intercede. Okay? We're all called to pray and intercede. We're all called to pray and to stand in the gap. Now, God is looking for the church to rise up and to come back to the place of prayer because that's where the battle is won. Amen. The battle is won in the spirit realm and that, and that happens in the place of prayer. That's where you defeat the enemy. That's where you invite the kingdom in is through prayer. And so through prayer is how we gain back territory. That's how we defeat the works of the enemy is through prayer. Do you think Jesus could have gone out and done all the miracles and stuff that he did? If he didn't spend time with his father, I can show you the model in scripture. The Bible says that he set aside his glory. Amen. He set aside his glory. He operated in the earth as a man. He was fully God and fully man, fully God and fully man. But the Bible says he set aside his glory. And when he was baptized and the spirit descended on him like a dove, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost. And he operated as a man under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Now that gives you and I hope because it's the same for us. He's our example. Jesus is the ultimate example for how we do ministry and for our lives. And so the reason why Jesus, where does power come from? Where is power generated? In the secret place. Jesus lived in the secret place before the Father. He said, I only speak what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. But if you read throughout the life of Jesus, through the, throughout, the, throughout the Gospels, early in the morning before the sun came up, he's with the father. Or late at night, he goes off to pray. He's with the father. All these times he's with the father. So he spends all this time with the father. He spends all this time with the father. So when he goes out in public, the miracles happen instantly because the power's there. The power's there. Now, prayer, the secret place, that's where power is generated. That's the generator. You want to have power? Pray. You want to have power? Spend time with God. The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you're going to be like Him. The more of the anointing is going to be released from the anointed one, if you spend time with the anointed one, you're going to be anointed. So we must come back to the secret place of the Most High if we want to be powerful believers. If we want to be powerful people. If we want to see signs, wonders, and miracles take place. We have to pray. We have to pray. We have to pray. That's the generator of power. Verse 11 says, you must now give us today the things necessary for our existence or our daily needs. You must now give us today the things necessary for our existence. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12 says, 
you must right now forgive our sins for us. In the same manner, we have completed forgiving everyone of everything, big and little, against us. Okay. So he says, give us this day our daily bread. This is a different translation that I'm reading from, so it's worded a little different. It says, you must now give us the things necessary for our existence. Give us this day our daily bread. God feeds us daily bread every day, daily manna, right? Daily manna, okay? So first, do you see the order? In the very beginning, when he taught us how to pray, first is worship. First is worship. Second, inviting the kingdom. Second, we invite the kingdom. We invite the kingdom of God. We invite the kingdom of heaven to enter in. Thirdly, then our needs. Thirdly, then our needs. Fourthly, forgiveness. Do you have anybody you need to forgive while you're in prayer? I need to forgive so-and-so. You know, we have to forgive. We have to forgive people, right? He says you must right now forgive our sins. We have to ask forgiveness for our sins. We have to repent daily. I'll never forget, God spoke this to me several years ago. He said, I want you to live a lifestyle of repentance. A lifestyle of repentance means that you continually, on a continual basis, repent and turn from sin. When you live a lifestyle of repentance, you continually turn from sin to God and entrust yourself to Him. You continually turn away from evil. That's what it means to live a lifestyle because that's what the word repent means. It means to turn, to change your mind and to turn around and go a different direction. So when you live a lifestyle of repentance, you continually turn from evil and entrust yourself to God. You're continually giving yourself to Him. Continually giving yourself to Him. Always give yourself to Him. So we must repent. We must ask forgiveness for our sins. And it says in the same manner as we have completed forgiving everyone of everything. Forgiving everyone of everything. Big and little against us. And do not lead us into temptation. So lastly, he says, and do not lead us into temptation, but you must now rescue us from the evil one. Do not lead us into temptation. We want to be delivered from any kind of temptation that would come against us. Do not lead us into temptation, Lord. You know, it's just important as to, to tell or ask God to lead us by the Spirit it's just as important to say, do not lead us into this. Many times it's just important to declare what's not going to happen as what is going to happen. Let me give you an example. Um, so I think it's Psalm 118. Um, you will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. That's what it says. A lot of people switch it around and get it backwards. But the Word of God declares first, you will not die, but live. 
Do you see the importance? The first thing he declared is what wasn't going to happen. You will not die, but live. So many times it's equally as important to declare what's not going to happen. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Okay? So we must, and that's what he said right here, and do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, Lord. Don't lead me into temptation, Lord. Don't lead me into this. But Lord, lead me by your spirit. Lead me into, into this. Lead me by paths of water. You know, lead me by still waters. Lead me by green pastures, Lord. All these things. But you must now rescue us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Then he says in verse 14, For if you would forgive all other people their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you would not forgive all other people, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Okay? So being in the secret place, like I was saying, having communion with God. Communion with God. The Greek word for communion is koinonia. Koinonia. Which means, this is the meaning of koinonia, to have communion with God. It means to be in partnership. It means to have intercourse. That's what communion means. When you have communion with God, really the greatest expression of it is intercourse, which means becoming one. That's what it means. The greatest picture of that, anyway. Intimacy, fellowship with God. Communion is to become one with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the secret place. So I ask you, how much time will you start this week? Because I believe we're going to see a difference. We were just praying when we were on the way up here. We have to make a conscious effort. Set a time. Set an appointment with God. Because it's going to make a difference. Once we start praying and agreeing, once we start even praying together, it's going to make a difference. Once we spend more time in the secret place, it's going to make a difference. We're going to begin to see things happen. Okay, we're going to begin to see things take place. We're going to see, begin to, to feel a difference in the atmosphere. We're going to begin to feel the difference in our spirit. And we're going to be stronger spiritually. And so this week, start. How much time will you devote to say, God, I'm going to meet with you. I'm scheduling my appointment with you to meet with you at this time during the day. Now, it's biblical. And if you model Jesus to meet with God first thing in the morning. Now, there's a biblical principle about always giving God the first. I believe that giving God your first fruits of everything. There's a biblical principle because when you give God the first, the rest is set aside. The rest is blessed. When you give God the first part of your day, give Him your best. 
don't give God, you know, the little bit left that you have at the end of the night. Give God that too, but give God your best. Amen? Give God your best. And you're going to see, you know, we meet with Him first thing in the morning and we give Him our day. We trust Him with our day because every day is a daily walk. It's a daily walk every day. And so how much time this week will you start saying, God, I'm going to spend this much time with you in the secret place to talk with you, to hear from you, with the goal in mind that you will become a friend of God. You'll be like Abraham and you'll be a friend of God. Now there's a reason why he called him his friend. Because God reveals his secrets to his friends, not his acquaintances. There's a difference. You don't reveal your deepest secrets to just anybody. You don't reveal your deepest secrets to just your acquaintances. You reveal your deeper secrets of your life to your closest friends, your friend, your best friends. And Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Give God your best. Give God your best this week. So stand up with me. We're going to close right now. So Father, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for every individual here, Lord. I, Father, I just thank you that you're going to continue to bring people from the north, south, the east, and the west, that people are going to come from all over and begin to receive. And as we begin to pray, God, as we begin to pray and to intercede and to stand in the gap, that, Lord, you're going to begin to move on our behalf, Lord God, that you're going to send your angels, you're going to dispatch your angels, that you're going to begin to move throughout this land. That you're going to begin to move throughout Pooler. You're going to begin to move throughout Savannah. Through the entire area. Through the entire region. You're going to begin to move throughout this entire area. That you're going to begin to move in our lives. That you're going to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. Father, that we're going to, we're going to be... We, we couldn't even come to church without having a testimony of a miracle that you've done. And a life that you've delivered. A life that you save. A life that you set free. Lord, even the homeless, Lord God. Who Brother David and uh, Sister Lynn have been ministering to. Lord God, that you would move mightily, that you would sweep through that place, that you would deliver and set these people free in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it right now. We thank you for it right now. We give you honor and we give you glory, Lord. We thank you. We thank you right now for moving as only you can move, Lord God. We thank you for delivering and setting the captives free in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for delivering every homeless person downtown in Jesus' name. We thank you for drawing them, Lord, into your presence. We thank you for drawing them out and calling them out in Jesus' name. We thank you right now for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you this week that people will begin to seek you, that we would begin to seek you, Lord, that we would begin to cry out to you, that we would spend more time with you than we ever have in the secret place, Lord. Lord, draw us into your presence. Draw us into your presence. Your word says that you'll reveal great and mighty things to us. You'll reveal great and mighty things that we know us not. Jeremiah 33, 3. I'll reveal great and mighty things to you that you know us not. So, Father, we thank you for that right now. I thank you, Lord, that this week we will begin to see a spiritual momentum built up. A momentum built up in the spirit as we begin to seek you more in the secret place. 
as we begin to cry out to You, Lord, day and night, and we'd give You no rest, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we would continue to cry out to You day and night, and we would see lives transformed because of it. We would see this city transformed because of it, Lord God. The city would begin to be transformed because your, your kingdom will invade this earth, invade the earth. Your kingdom will invade Savannah. So we even invite you now. We say, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom invade this place. Your kingdom invade Savannah. Your kingdom invade Pooler. Your kingdom invade this whole region. Your glory fill this place. Your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill. Let your glory fill Savannah. Let your glory fill the earth, Lord. We just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We declare breakthrough every, over every life here this day. We declare it in Jesus' name. Lord, Father, I thank you. I pray for every need that every individual has here, Lord God. That you would meet us right where we are, Lord. That you would heal us. That you would touch us. That you would deliver us in every area right now in Jesus' name. That you would set us, set us free, Lord, right now. Set us free. We bind every evil and demonic spirit. We command it to go in Jesus' name. We command it to flee. And we declare the power of the blood of Jesus right now over every life in here. The power of the blood over every life. The power of the blood over every life. The power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I break every addiction right now that's trying to plague you or trouble you in Jesus' name. It's broken in Jesus' name. Every hindrance is gone in Jesus' name. Every, every, we speak to every mountain right now. We speak to every mountain right now. We say, be thou removed and cast into the sea. In Jesus' name. Every mountain that has hindered you, every mountain that, is, that has been a hindrance in your life, from coming closer to God, we command, we speak to it now. We command it to go and to be cast into the sea in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, every hindrance is removed. Every hindrance is gone. And I declare that every crooked path is straight and every rough place, every rough place is smooth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we just thank You for that right now. We exercise our authority right now. We exercise our authority. And we declare and decree that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord in every area of our life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Just say that with me. Just say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord in every area. In every area of my life every area of my life Jesus is Lord thank you Father hallelujah 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 
Sister, God's delivering you from years of tragedy and stress and things that you didn't need didn't have to go through. God is delivering you from that right now. I, I just want to tell you that, that it's an overhaul. It's a new day. And you've been through a lot. You've gone through a lot of things. But I want to tell you, God is showing up and He's intervening and stepping on the scene. And I'm telling you, you've gone through tragedy after tragedy and things that you should have never had to gone through. But I want to tell you that God loves you. He cares about you. And things are changing. And things are about to drastically change. And you're going to see the power of God begin to manifest in your life. And you're going to see God overturn some things. You're going to see God pay recompense to you. You're going to see God pay severance to you for the things that people have done to you. You're going to see, you're going to see God return to you sevenfold where the enemy is stolen. And every curse and every uh, any way that some people have rejected you, I just break that off of your life in Jesus' name. Every curse that's been spoken over you verbally, I break it in Jesus' name. It has no power over your life. I speak life and blessing over you, sister, that you're a daughter of the King, that you're a daughter of the Most High God. That, 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 that you're an Esther in the kingdom of God and that you're full of faith, power, and love and, and, and that God is raising you up and he, he's, he's pouring into you right now. He's pouring into you the balm of Gilead. He's bringing healing to your soul and He's delivering you from years of past regret and, and rejection and, and things that have plagued you for years and years. God is delivering you from that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And where you've been mistreated by other people and even by your family, God's touching you and bringing healing to your soul, sister. And He's bringing you to a place of peace in Him. A place of peace. And hey, shake rokodo aka redidi ashadada rododo. E kada roko e shikidi ababa. And the Lord said, Today is the day of salvation and today is the day of deliverance for you, sister. And it's not a mistake that you came here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty Jesus. God's given you new hope and a new lease on life, sister. <clears throat> a new hope. A new hope. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty Jesus. You know, the devil's tried to kill you, hasn't he? He's tried to take you out. I know. I used to be homeless for nine years. And I finally got a trailer. I started off renting, but I finally bought it. I bought it. The Lord blessed me in buying it. Praise Amen. God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm still going through a lot of stress, you know, through a lot with my family. Right. Thank you, Jesus. And there's a special, there's a real close friend of mine that's in Texas. I want everybody to remember him in prayer, too. Yes, ma'am. He's called to do a ministry, but right now the devil's trying to knock him down. Mm-hmm. And he don't want that when he gets like that. He calls me and I pray with him. Amen. So I just pray that he'll be uplifting and he can come here. And we can like you know have a little Bible study with everybody and everything. Right. 
Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, just lift your hands to the Lord, sister. Just lift your hands up. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's an all-consuming fire that, that burns everything out of you that's not of God. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, God's about to blow you off your feet. Sister, you're going to be a Jesus-talking woman. You're going to be a Jesus-preaching woman. You're going to talk about the goodness of God and everything that God's done for you and how God's delivered you from the pits of hell and how God's established you and raised you up to be a woman of God. And you're going to be a woman of great faith and great stature. And you're going to see God perform miracles, signs, and wonders and heal people. Release it on her in Jesus. Hey! Release it on her. There's a release of the Holy Spirit on your life right now, sister. You're being delivered from every addiction that's plagued you in Jesus' name. I break it in Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is all over you right now, sister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Thank you, Lord. God's healing your legs, sister. God's healing your legs, your feet. God's touching them right now. Your legs, He's releasing healing in them right now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, mighty Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Oh, mighty Jesus. Wow, that's powerful. That's strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he's going to use you to go back and deliver the people that were like you. The people that were are homeless. The people that have been, because you know what it's like to be there. Amen. 
And God's going to send you back and, and you're going to have a ministry of deliverance and healing. And you're going to see the power of God manifest and you're going to see the Spirit of God heal people and touch folks. And God, you know, let God train you and teach you. And He's going to equip you and, and fill you with so much of Him and with so much of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be awesome. Amen. But just strap your seatbelt on sister that's what you call the lord's preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies and your cup will run over thank you jesus what do you feel sister Amen. what do you feel right now i feel different praise god thank you jesus thank you jesus that's been one of her desires that you just spoke hallelujah she wins people to jesus she's got an anointing on her Mm-hmm. I mean that it's it's just like it just happened. Wow! I sensed that when she mm-hmm. was talking about the Bible mm-hmm. study. Yes. she's gonna bring them in. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. at my brother's one day, and then just oh, out of the blue, I talked to my brother again the other day, and he says, "Tammy, I don't feel the spirit. I don't have chills until I talk to you on the phone." He said, when you're not here, I don't feel, I don't, you're not here, I don't see you, but I feel your presence in this house. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm praying that he'll come back to, he'll come back to the Lord. He's done been saved and baptized. He knows his back slid. Yeah. God is calling him, but he's rejecting it, but I'm not giving up. Thank you. I'm not, Hallelujah. just like my other son that's 27. He's got to get tired. He got he got hit by driving Elabel. He was airlifted to the hospital by helicopter. On my way from Elabel to Savannah to Memorial, I was mm-hmm. in tears and I was confessing to God. I brought it to, him. and when I got there, they said, "Tammy, he's dead." I said, Jesus. "I went over there." I told the nurse, I said, in the mighty name of Jesus, my son is not dead. I rebuke you, Satan. Amen. And when they when I said that, the nurse came out and she says, "Tammy." He's alive. Woo! I Praise hit my God. knees, you That's know, right. and my brother Praise just looked at me. You know, he says, you're not the same sister, Tammy. Wow. You know, and I says, Praise God, God can do miracles. Yes. That's right. And God is calling my son right now that's 27 years old to be a ministry. Amen. And every time I talk to him, he says, Mama, when I get the that's guitar, right. I feel the presence. I said, Mama, do it. God is calling you that's to right. do it. That's I was right. speaking for the Lord, for me to you. That's right. Do it. God is calling you. Don't Amen. turn away on him. That's right. You know, and that's just, mm. I just, Praise I get God. callers to do that. Amen. And I was doing that before I even really got into church talking to people about Christ. Right. I mean, I was done saved and baptized, but I wasn't in the church and I was still talking mm. to people. Amen. Right. You're going to be able to reach people that Praise people God. People yeah. won't be able to reach. You're going to, yeah. if it wasn't for you, you don't realize how important you are Jesus. in the place you, where Jesus. you go. Thank you, Jesus. You'll reach people that other people, we we wouldn't even be able to reach. It's because yeah. that's what you're called to. That's your yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the callings all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, I mean, just like out there in the trailer park, there's some couples out there, a couple of young women. And I went down there the other day, and they was telling me about their niece. And I prayed with them. Mm-hmm. And every time something goes on, they say, Tammy, come here. And I go there, and I pray with them. And they, yeah, they drink. But I says, you've been delivered. Right. 
You got Satan uh, trying to attack you, but I bind him. You're going to be delivered. I rebuke it. Amen. Amen. And now they're starting to come back. They says, no, tell me now we're getting away. We don't really want to drink no more. I said, bind that devil. Yeah. That's right. In the mighty name of Jesus, <laughs> bind him. <laughs> and you That's will right. be set free. That's right. Amen. I said, drinking is just all in your mind. I said, Thank you, Jesus. I said, Linda, you know me. I'm 55 years old. I've never drank my whole 55 years. The only thing I ever done in my lifetime was smoke cigarettes. And I praise God, thank God, I've never drank my whole life. Thank you, never. Uh, my mom's side and my dad's side of the family, out of all the kids, I'm the only one mm. of the whole generation that has never drank. Praise God. I'm the only one, and I'm still the only one. My, my brothers don't drink no more, but my other cousins do. And they said, we just can't believe Tammy is the only one who never drank in her lifetime. Amen. I said, why do I need to get high off of liquor beer? I can get high off the Lord. Amen. <laughs> you know, I heard the that. Lord, and, and all of a sudden, you know, she got all on fire for him, and all of a sudden her family members start getting saved, and people you know, get you know, hung around here. I, I, I was hoping well, um, rub off on me because <laughs> right. they just get Grab my hand, me. sister. <clears throat> the Lord's... He's releasing an anointing for evangelism mm -hmm. on your life. And you're going to do the work of an evangelist. And and the message is going to be confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm -hmm. Your ministry will be confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles. That what you preach is true. So, Father, I just thank you for releasing it on her now in Jesus' name. You pray in tongues, sister? Not yet. No? You want to? Maybe later on. <laughs> Not right now. I'll learn later. Amen. We'll talk more about that. Yeah. Amen. All right, sister. God bless you. I'll be back when they come back. Amen. God bless you. Well, Father, we just thank you right now. And Lord, I declare your blessing over your people. And right now I say the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. Try to um, speak to people in the